What's up everybody? This is Riding with the Wolf. I got some errands and some thrifting and all sorts of stuff to do. And on this episode, we're going to talk about how Japan made us gay and how I've had it with the new band already. And a bunch of other shit that I'm sure will be offensive. Alright, let's get this day going. So, I will start off by saying that for the first time in my life, I went dumpster diving. And, you know, that's one of those terms that people started making popular when they were talking about uh, blockbuster closing, or even back to the Kenner days. I mean, can you imagine the molds and the two-ups and uh, things they would have thrown away at Kenner when they were developing Star Wars? I, just, I can't even imagine. The packaging design alone would be worth uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Some things, even millions, I, I suppose. Um, I drove by my Target the other day, and uh, Toys R Us is right next to it. And it's laid dormant for about four years now, five years maybe. Uh, it never became a spirit store, it never reopened, it never sold, and it's a huge, huge property uh, that's just sitting there wasting away. Now, they did have a sale when they closed down, and they sold off all the product, whatever didn't sell got donated and whatnot. Uh, They sold some fixtures, and I tried to go in and buy some of that, but it was kind of only for uh, industry and uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Basically, they weren't just letting anyone in. You had to either own a store or be a part of something to go in and buy their industrial fixtures. So I'd go by Target the other day and they've got the bay doors open and they're filling dumpsters and they're clearing out everything that was left. And I'm like, my God, what could they possibly find? Because, you know, they never actually moved anything. The aisles were still there. The shelf tags, the pegs, the corrugated uh, cardboard signs, and uh, you know, just pretty much everything was still in there except for the product. Even the registers are still in there. Uh, most of the baskets and hand carts, uh, or vice versa, the carts and the hand baskets, those were all uh, sold. So. I started thinking, I was like, man, what's in there? And they weren't letting anyone in. It was just construction workers. But I thought maybe I could rip off some wallpaper or something. I don't know. Um, And I kind of was too shy about it. Like, I wanted to immediately just jump in there. Well, I went and I talked to some friends who own a local toy store. And I mentioned it to them. And they're like, holy shit, let's go dumpster diving. So, you know, they finally convinced me. And after uh, hours, right before uh, dusk, went out there and checked it out. And... For the most part, it was uh, like the lockers, but they destroyed them, so they weren't anything that was salvageable. It was the piping and the stuff in the walls, the insulation, um, just construction stuff. It's like they're gutting the building and they're gonna make it into a, a Dick's Sporting Goods or or something like that. And then we went to the trash compactor, and it was like there were some bums that had been living in there because there was a cushion and some, 
you know, you, you could tell somebody had been like camping inside there. But it's funny, towards the back, they had some Black Series Star Wars boxes, which, you know, they don't open figures there, so that had to have been shrink or something that had been stolen and they just threw all the stuff. I mean, I would hope that they lifted the floorboards of the, the shelves and the aisles because there were a lot of times when I worked at Toys R Us, we would hide things in there to buy after hours or that people would just shove the packaging down there or behind the slots up above. Remember that? You'd lift up the marquee above and they would hide things there. That's where the overstock was supposed to be. And then they finally cleared it out, but then they realized it was a bad idea because people were shoving things up there to save for their friends. So it could have been something like that where it was just stolen and they threw it in the, the compactor and then forgot to run it one last time or something. I don't know. Um, but, you know, nothing salvageable. I mean, you got to think of this. When Again, we all think of Toys R Us as the place from our childhood. Everybody seems to forget that 2010, 2012 Toys R Us sucked ass. There wasn't anything to buy there. They were way overpriced, which actually is kind of funny because the prices Toys R Us was charging back then is what everything is now. Uh, they were charging $25 for some of these wrestlers back then, and we thought it was ludicrous, and now that's the average price of an Elite. Um, in fact, this is something else to think of. If you want to go to your mom-and-pop secondary shops or buy stuff from your comic stores or uh, collectible shops. They were always usually a couple dollars more than retail. Well, now they haven't raised their prices and retail has. So you might as well just go support your comic shop or your collectible shop. Uh, I know Rogue Toys here in town, they got, I've never seen Andre the Giant from Princess Bride in person and they got it. Uh, they had all the newest Marvel Legends and the Elite line. I'd never seen even the Burned Fiend they stopped getting new wrestlers in Target and Walmart. I think, like, Mustafa was the last one that I saw. And then it was all top picks and clearance shit. And then now they're just finally starting to get a couple of legends and things like that back. But, uh, yeah, Toys R Us isn't what you remembered. And the logos, the packaging, the artwork, the uh, gimmicks, everything that had to do with Toys R Us is all that stupid giant babies are us are it's not even the the one that we remembered or the multicolor rainbow design it's the primary colored uh over colorized cartoon shit uh, so it's still nostalgic because it's toys are us the only thing we did find is we found a price checker and the sign that went above it I don't know that it works. Uh, they took it. They have a store, so I figured, you know, let them have it. Probably more nostalgia. I found a couple of lanyards from our zone that had flair on it. Like, some of their uh, team leaders had been there a few years, so they got an enamel pin for it, or they did a really good job, and they had, you know, flair on it. Not the woo kind, but the kind of, like, Applebee's, you don't have enough flair on your lanyard kind. Um... And that was pretty much it. But then I realized that they had pretty much only gutted the Babies R Us side of it. And when I took a flashlight to the inside, it basically Toys R Us side is still untouched. So that's the to be continued. Uh, I'm going to see if they open it back up. 
if maybe we can't get back in there. If I had a friend or someone to go with me, I'd feel a little more, uh, you know, gumption to go ask if I could go, like, rip off some wallpaper or something or take some of the garbage that had the logos on it. But again, they're not going to have the blue and yellow Nintendo tags from our zone because it wasn't called our zone back then. They're not going to have any of that. It's going to be the 40% off, the 70% off white cue cards that they were using towards the end. So it's a completely different Toys R Us than we remember. Um, and again, it's just for nostalgia purposes. There was a shopping cart there, and I was half tempted to take it because it had... It didn't say Toys R Us, it just had that stupid cartoon R on there. Uh, I think if it would have had a flap or something or a marquee on the front, then I would have stolen that, but disappointing. But again, it's a to be continued because uh, they'll get to the Toys R Us side, I, I imagine, pretty soon. So, finally headed out with the band. And again, you know, for people that have known me long enough and followed me through various dramas and different things, uh, it's not so much that I, I love to quit things or I love to delete friends or block them. It's that when I see something's not working, there's no sense in torturing myself. I don't see why people stay in dead-end jobs or relationships. And as an entertainer and an artist, I don't want to attach my name or my talent to something that's a bad product. And they realized pretty quickly that they were wasting talent, so they had me start playing a couple songs on guitar, switching up uh, the sets to where we are doing more rock stuff, because it's fine. People uh, like country, and it was the old kind of outlaw country, but again, there's just something about me where people see me, whether I'm playing bass, drums, guitar, or whatever, and they just assume that I like rock, and they're mostly right. I do like country, and I do like, you know, 80s rap, and funk, and funk metal, and the whole 90s uh, funk rap, Chili Pepper Primus kind of Faith No More stuff, and it kind of got to the band. They thought, well, let's get more people in. I did what I could. I started bringing in my crowd, and it, it was doing pretty well, and we shot a video and shopped it around, and it didn't get any new gigs. Well, you know, I understand that people are older and that they get injuries. We have a guitar player that sits down the entire time. He's kind of like uh, the old blues guy that you would see in New Orleans, like the old blind black blues guy that sits in the back, and he's really good, and he does this thing, but he has zero chemistry, never stands up, and he's very uh, awkward, doesn't want to shake hands, talk to people, be friendly or social, there's just, he's a studio guy, he doesn't need to be seen, if, if he was just a studio recording musician, he'd be perfect, but the fact that he's running a band where he wants dancers and line dancers and younger crowds to show up, that's not who they're going to want to watch, and so when you have the drummer flipping sticks and the lead singer and myself dancing around stage and, you know, I'm fat, but I make it fun, and I'll still jump around and, you know, joke around, dance stupid, and, you know, hump the bass or whatever you got to do, like, fuck it, people have fun, and then they're doing a, a thing, and they're trying to shop around the product, but nobody picked them up, then all of a sudden all of our gigs kept getting canceled, and I couldn't figure out why, he even brought a new booking agent to the gig, 
and he asked him, he's like, well, how come you don't move around like the rest of the band does? He's like, well, I'm the musician of the band. I don't have to. They're more the quirky, goofy, goof-off entertainment type. That's not serious. I'm the serious musician. And I overheard this, and I, man, I almost lost it right there. I'm like, that is bullshit. Why can't you just say that you're fat and have a back injury and you can't stand up physically? Uh, so that really kind of pissed me off. And then towards the end of the night, I got in a fight, completely unrelated to the band. This dude, uh, just a typical drunk, kept trying to touch the microphones. And it's one of those podunk places where it's an outside, on the floor kind of set up and situation. I mean, I was used to stages and air conditioning and people paying to come see me. And I realized that most of those days are gone and most of those venues are gone. And a lot of these things in Vegas are outdoor gigs. But there's no excuse to not have security or to keep people away from the band. And this guy, he bugged everybody. And I finally told him, I was like, hey, yo, knock it off. Like, we're trying, you can't come up and talk to us in the middle of a gig. And this, I told management, I told the bartenders, I told the waitresses, oh, he's not with you? No, of course he's not with me. Turns out they actually didn't know who it was. They were just pawning it off because he's a good tipper and they didn't want to lose that money. Well, my mom was there at the gig, and so we're out in the alley, and she's, you know, bringing me cookies and all sorts of stuff, and uh, some mail, some boxes for shipping, whatnot. So we were out there for most of my break, and this dude comes wobbling back and where he's not supposed to be, because it's employees only. That's where their kegs and their fridge and backstock is. And he knows he's not supposed to be back there, and I was like, hey, man, we're kind of busy. And he's like, oh, this band sucks. They... This is the worst band I've ever seen. They don't fucking let me talk to them. They don't take requests. I was like, look, I'm in the band. Do you not realize who I am? And it turns out he was looking for a fight and he was looking for me. And he didn't realize in the dark and in his drunken state that it was me. And so I told my mom, I was like, you need to go inside right now. This is going to get ugly. Being the mom that she was, she decides to ignore me and try and protect me. And so uh, he gets in her face and I, sh I mean, fuck, like, what, what am I supposed to do at this point, uh, so I slammed the dude to the ground, uh, pushed him away from us, got on top, put a knee in the sternum, didn't choke him, but had my hand on his uh, collarbone and neck area, letting him know, like, you're pinned down, you can't move, this is a really bad fucking idea, and uh, he got the hint and he left, but then I saw when they were leaving, the uh, uh, staff was saying, oh, it's okay, Chris, like, just come back tomorrow, you'll be fine, just leave tonight, you know, you're pissing people off, no, it's not okay, well, then this fat guitar player who says that he's a kung fu master starts going around saying, no, it's not okay, we'll pack up, so he's defending me at first, and then he goes out to confront the guy, and he's like, well, push me, no, that's not what happened, you're making it seem like I got attacked, and I didn't, uh, the guy pissed me off, and was about to go towards my mom, so of course I'm going to defend her, but this dumbass started going around taking my story and twisting it around so that he was the hero of the day, and then telling everyone that he confronted the guy, and that's the reason he went home. I'm like, no, it's because I Farouk slammed his ass to the ground and told him this is a bad fucking idea, and then I Miyagi Dojo booped him on the nose and told him to go home. Like, I had my hand cocked, ready to fucking knock the dude out and pummel him because it was in an alley with no cameras. No one would ever even know. I'd have thrown his ass in the dumpster, and you never would have even known what had happened to this dude. And it's so hard for me to suppress that 
feeling and that rage because I used to get to do it downtown all the time. Uh, that's what we were known for. You didn't mess with the the crew at the biker bar that I worked at. And um, I had my hand ready to go. I was going to start hammer fisting and then, uh, you know, whatever. And I realized it was a bad idea, so I acted like I was going to do it and got close. And then I just, boop, bopped him on the nose and said, look, you're done. Go home. And I stood up and just walked away. And then the drummer had finally caught up and he was like, Jay, don't do it. Jay, don't do it. Fuck. Like, he's afraid I'm going to kill the dude. Uh, you know, I don't got time for paperwork, so I'm not going to go that far, but you know, some people need to be taught a lesson and need to learn that it's not acceptable to mess with bands. Uh, so that actually related to the story of why I'm saying I'm, I'm kind of done with this band because for that guy to not only say he's no need for being an entertainer and that we're just the goof off side dancers to his show, basically pissed me off, but then for him to take my story and turn it around so that he's the hero of the day really just kind of pissed me off. And then they're just focusing on the chick rock version of the band, which that girl quit. And you got to understand if you have such a high turnover that everybody's quitting your band, if this was a uh, business or a management situation and you had a high turnover, you need to look within there's a problem with management if employees keep quitting and you're not firing them. Uh, and he didn't realize that. So I finally told him, I was like, look, at best, I'm a fill-in guy. I don't need to be doing all these rehearsals while you work on the Chick Rock stuff. You're not doing the homework. I learned 40 to 50 songs on my own time, taking time away from my business so I could have something to do on the weekends because I literally just wanted a bar band to go out and jam on Friday and Saturdays. And this guy's talking about touring the country and doing some fucking talent show that when we win, we each get $1,000 and uh, then get to tour France and Texas. I don't know why the fuck a country band would be in France, but he keeps throwing all this shit out. And I was like, dude, I get that you lost your wife, your house, your dog, your car, and got the perfect setup for a country album, but that doesn't affect me and I don't want to live life on the road. And by the way, your $1,000 bonus, if we actually win, which we wouldn't because you're an embarrassment. I made 10 grand on eBay in the last 90 days. Shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm so sick of the word content creator. That's two words. I was going to say influencer, but it's really not even influencer because influencers influence people. I'm so sick of content creators and that being a working job title. I just went to the comic shop and somebody had bought a box or I don't know how they work these days. It was a plastic casing with like eight packs of cards in it. So it was probably like $2,000 for Pokemon people. Uh, and then you get like four cards in a pack these days. Man, I could rant forever on how trading cards suck ass these days. But anywho, this person's in there and they're filming everything. She's got a uh, face for radio, as uh, one of my buds uh, described to me. It's the best thing I've ever heard of to, uh, you know, uh, describe certain people. And um, she's sitting there opening packs in the comic shop at the register, holding up the line and filming content. 
and her dad's behind her with, you know, like, all right, like, subscribe, and watch, and follow. We've got a live segment coming up next. Ooh, two prism cards in one pack. What? It's just like, bitch, move. I almost said something to ruin her feed. You know, I'm like, go do that on the long boxes or the back issues where nobody's going to buy shit. Go put it on top of the 300 copies of Fathom Number 1 from Top Cow in 2002. Like, go over there. The rest of us are actually trying to shop and pay for things and leave. Um, and I was at lunch the other day with my mom and the radio, or the radio, fucking no one knows what radio is anymore. That's why y'all listen to podcasts. Uh, the freaking TV's on and the news is there and it shows this dumbass up there acting like he's a celebrity saying, yeah, I'm a content creator. I'm a, a blah, 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 blah. So many subscribers don't give a fuck. Most are bots and you get 10% on your algorithm. Big breath. Um, he's making the news because he's only going to eat Taco Bell for 30 days. Now, okay, look, when the pedophile from Subway did that and he lost a bunch of weight, he got a sponsorship, a commercial deal, and all this sort of stuff, and he wanted to... Damn, I just passed a license plate that said APA, and now the one in front of me is WCW. It's telling me I need to draw something from that time period. Anyway... I, I get why people do this, because there are sponsorships out there, but what happens when this dude goes 30 days of eating Taco Bell, blows his O-ring, and can't eat food anymore because Taco Bell is utter shit? Move, bitch! Fuck! Everybody, like, nine people in line to turn left. What did I say about turning left? I bet you I pass every goddamn one of them. I'm going to go to the next light, make a U-turn at the light, and still make it faster than these dumbasses trying to cross traffic. Fuck me running. Um, God, people are so fucking dumb these days. No logic. But, you know, everyone else is doing Hooked on Phonics. My favorite uh, phonics books and workbooks from school in that era was logic. They would give you a scenario and you had to pick out the best possible situation and figure out numbers based on who had what. You know, Johnny has three apples, Jenny has ten, but if Billy comes up and steals three, what does he have? A black eye. That's right. Uh, so, fuck, people. God damn. Anyhow, content creators. What a waste of fucking time. And everybody's trying to do it. God knows San Diego Comic-Con's coming up. We're all going to see the same fucking picture 30 times in a row by every single person that retweets it. Alright, as I head to my next venture, it is currently 113 here in Vegas. I'm sweating balls. If you hear a air sound, it's because the air conditioning's on right behind where the phone is. Uh, doing a little thrifting and checking shit out. And you know, I love finding stuff, but I hate shopping. People always get in the way, and I'm the biggest hypocrite. I was just complaining about content creators, and here I am ranting on a podcast. But I'm not doing this for money or notoriety. It's just more of a venting and uh, chatting with friends sort of things. You don't know me, and you're listening. Holy hell, what the fuck are you doing here? But congrats. Um, anywho, 
I appreciate anyone that listens to any of my ramblings and rantings, and if you get something out of it, sweet. Uh, There's got to be some common sense voice of reason out there, I swear, because there's very little of it these days. Um, Yeah, just a very, very crazy world. So as I head to the next location, uh, I'm going to try a few more thrift joints. I just picked up a the remaining seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that I was missing. They were all in good condition. They had a ton of Scooby-Doo that I was missing. I love to use those for art reference. And they had the movie pack where all the old Batman, Laurel and Hardy, and Dick Van Dyke, and Don Knotts kind of movies. And of course it was came from a family with children and they're all scratched up, buggered up, shoved up your ass and everything. And so that was a big pass. Um, but the Buffy, you could tell, was at least adult-owned, and they were clean. So I finished that. That was kind of decent, and uh, that's it. So something that's been on my mind for a while, and if uh, talking about these things offend you, you're more than welcome to skip. And I will try and be as nice as possible, but I have figured out why everyone is gay. It's Japan's fault. Japan made us gay. Everyone thinks it's the vaccine or the contrails or if the fluoride in the water. There's some reason that made us all gay. No, it's Japan. Now, let me explain why Japan made us gay. Uh, when... The 80s rolled around and this, the height of sort of anime happened in the underground. You know, it was like Dragon Ball and uh, Astro Boy. Things like that were really popular and everybody kind of dug that, you know, type of anime. It was different and it looked very similar to what we were watching over here. I mean, the Transformers and uh, Thundercats. Silverhawks, even sometimes He-Man, looks very anime in the way that it's drawn in sort of a stylized, simplistic, realistic uh, form. And then Japan started branching out and they were doing things that pushed the buttons that American audiences couldn't have, like gore and violence. So you had a lot of like Berserk and Bastard and uh, then the 90s rolled around and it was like Akira and Ninja Scroll and all these things and just like what so I understand why we all got into it and then they discovered hentai and ecchi which are both terms that translate to pervert literally and then you come out with like golden boy and schoolboy fantasies love hina La Blue Girl, uh, Lupin the Third, even as a '70s anime, had nudity and sex in it. So they were covering a lot of stuff that we just didn't have on our market, and we got wrapped up and absorbed into it. Well, about mid '90s, I guess their perversions with tentacle sex and everything else just wasn't enough. And they started producing things called Yao, Y-A-O-I. And I'm not talking about the 32-foot-tall Chinese basketball player. 
Yao came out and it was a homoerotic version of anime. And also in the 90s, a lot of things started becoming a little more PC in America, where there were a lot more, uh, there was a, a gay channel. Uh, these things started coming out more in the open. People started admitting that they were gay. And those that sort of were teenagers and in their 20s, during the 80s, 90s, became adults when anime and manga moved to Yao. It's shouju. Shouju is the female version of uh, shoujin, which is male action comics. So shouju, uh, or shonen jump, was for male. Shouju was for girls, um, supposedly. But there were a lot of vampire stories, homoerotic stories, a lot of the way the male characters were drawn were very feminine, something that they would call trans now. Uh, you couldn't tell. And that was a style that I didn't get into. When Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and all that boom sort of hit, that style was not my thing. I like Baki and Berserk and that sort of over-muscular styled uh, fantasy anime stuff. And in 2000s, I started getting into Death Note and Trigun and um, was it Helsing? Helsing was awesome. But if you were into anime, you became an adult when they started doing Yao. And if you were into Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Adult Swim sort of era of anime, and you came onto this later on, see, but Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball Z were '90s, and. Uh, Yusuke, I forget the name of it. Anyway, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. All of those were 80s and 90s in Japan. We didn't get them until the late 90s here. So, if you started getting into anime around that time, you wanted modern things. You couldn't get enough. Shonen Jump started hitting the stands. You were getting tombs of manga uh, that were 400 pages monthly for $5.99 versus your... $2.99 back then for a 32-page American comic that would come out once a month. So, of course, you're going to go for something that was bigger and had more variety. I mean, if you were into sports or politics, uh, they had comics for that, too. There was no difference uh, in real life versus the manga that was coming out in the 90s because they covered literally everything. And it was great. But what I'm getting at is, with the rise of the internet and people wanting things as they come out, Shaman King and One Piece somehow made it popular. But over here, a lot of those people that were adults that had gotten into hentai started dabbling in Yao. And if you happen to be influenced very early on as a young teenager and got a hold of some of your stories that were rated teen, but still had homoeroticism in it, this was just normal to you. And I'm not saying it's not normal. Again, I'm trying to be as nice as possible. Um, I'm not saying it's not normal, but this was just what you were influenced by because it was absolutely everywhere. I remember going to a few anime cons in California 
and I was just baffled. Like there were people going around with signs that said "glomp me." I don't know what that means or "hug me," uh, but they only wanted hugs from other anime characters. And then there would be like the the etchy hentai girls, where you basically had what are now OnlyFans or back then webcam girls walking around half naked, trying to get on all the fanboys and get money and tips from them, but there was a market in a whole gay underground community where everybody was by and trying and exploring and doing what they did. All of that happened in the 2000s and it ran rampant. If you were in on the early days of deviant art or you were even a fan of deviant art, uh, when it first started coming out, I think all the way back in like 2002, I started putting wrestling artwork and things on there, the entire site was flooded with anime porn. I even got hit up to work full-time for a, a adult film company that wanted me to redraw Simpsons, Flintstones, and all these characters in graphic sexual depictions. Now, I'm not just talking like Wilma and Betty Nude. I'm talking about like Dino's Red Rocket splitting Wilma in half kind of shit. And obviously, uh, believe it or not, I actually did turn it down. I'm like, I, I don't want to do this. And it was huge money. They were offering back then uh, a subscription to all their service, $100 per picture. And then uh, you got X amount of dollars for every 100 downloads or something like that. Because websites were all paid for back then. The internet wasn't... Porn was the only thing that was charging on the internet at that point. Um... So, it was just rampant. It, it was over-sexualized. It was absolutely just crazy cesspool of eroticism all over DeviantArt and all through manga and anime. In fact, a lot of people that watch horror movies will admit that the only reason they watch it is because the sounds people make when they die sound like they're getting fucked and they like that sound. They, they are turned on by death and violence and those sound effects. And as sick as it is, a lot of pedophilia and things, which is why people are trying to rationalize these uh, minor attracted persons these days, is it's all anime. Because their number one thing before it went to Yao and the tentacle porn kind of shit was schoolgirl love story. And they would make even the adult women sound like young adult, teenage, underage, high school girls. And the hentai was just rampant with that. I watched a few and I had to, I deleted it and cleaned my hard drive because I thought this was something you weren't supposed to watch. I didn't know that it was just a 30 year old woman acting out these things and voice act. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely nuts. The things that they were into. In fact, it's so bad over there that they have to put no hentai signs on their subway and on their trains in Japan, which means no pervert. They're not talking about don't watch this shit on the train. They're talking about don't do what's in the hentai on the train because they're so jam-packed that you're literally nuts to butt with everybody and shoulder to shoulder. So whoever's in front of you is, you know, getting the Jolly Roger raised behind them and, you know, they're, they're rubbing assholes with you. I mean, it's ridiculous or you can't move or girls can't tell whose hand it is and you all of a sudden you get an upskirt or you get upskirt pics or something so it's a real sick perverted community now the only difference is underground is what it was in japan 
they're very, um, they'll even blur things out. Even today, they blur out penetration. They blur out uh, overly sexual things. And they don't talk about it. In fact, most Japanese men don't get laid at all. When they go to love hotels or they go to a geisha house or even a, uh, a tea house, they're not there for the sex. It's just to kind of masturbate and watch these hentai in private and have people watch them do it or something. Like, it's very few actual geishas and brothels left. Uh, and if there is, it's in the, uh, uh, I want to say it's like the Kyoto district or something where the Yakuza still has a, a pretty good stranglehold on this stuff. So if you were a young adult and you were on DeviantArt watching all these furries and anime characters and watch and, and looking at this hentai and this yao, obviously when you become an adult, now you get to explore these fantasies. And a lot of those people, I swear, are what turned into Antifa, the liberal left, the uh, extremist people, the underground jocks that don't want to admit that they're bi or gay. I just found out the other day, somebody I couldn't stand got divorced from his wife because uh, he cheated on her with another guy. And it's like, why and how? Well, he was an anime. He was a toy collector. He was a fan of that stuff. He was influenced by it. And he was curious. Everybody's fucking by now. So I'm at the Goodwill. I'm going to see what I got here. And then we'll come back for part two because there's a lot to discuss on this. And actually, I had to stop recording because, unfortunately, my mom had to come over and ask for a shovel. And there's usually only a couple of reasons why. And it's not gardening in 115-degree weather. Uh, so, unfortunately, she believes her 17-year-old uh, pup is finally passing. So... Uh, we had to take care of that yesterday. Um, this conversation will continue at a later date, but basically I think that's the nicest way possible I can say as to why uh, society has more or less accepted and turned into a uh, homoerotic, uh, pro-gay, super-gay society was because this is what the underground had grown up on because of anime and things coming out of Japan. Uh, which made it socially acceptable, which is fine because there's been a lot of people that have wanted to choose that lifestyle for a long time and they haven't been able to be up front and out with it. Um, my only problem with the whole situation is when you decide to be something, that doesn't mean you need to cancel someone else for not being who you are. And that seems to be the uh, popular trend with wannabe gays these days. Uh, so... That's going to be it. I'm going to wrap this one up. San Diego Comic-Con reveals are coming out, so this will be a half episode. I'm most likely going to do another half episode on Sunday. And if you're enjoying the reviews of Paranormal Caught on Camera or want to be a part of a paranormal discussion, I'm going to try and figure out how to do guests or something like that so you can share your story uh, to my all but nine listeners. And uh, stay safe and sane out there and love your pets as long as you can.